Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, with the Bucks having hired a Seattle quarterbacks coach Dave Canales now in the fold. We'll learn more about him as time goes on. But before he was hired, we taped a mailbag segment. Your questions answered 100% correctly or your money back so that you know that some of these might be a little bit dated, but for the most part, they're not. So we're going to go forward with this mailbag segment on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Let's get started. Your mailbag question's coming up in just a second, but first, I want to save you money on your electric bill. Here's how you're going to do it. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 12 years. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors, so you know who is exactly doing the job. Those are all Billy Mays guys up there helping you out. That's the way to do it. Start saving today. You can call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill and preserve your appliances as well. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Okay, plenty of mailbag questions today, Steve. Let's get started. Well, we'll start with uh, Healy, who says, Greets from Austria. Ooh. The Bucks eating up the Brady cap hit. Do you think this might give Todd Bowles a two-year job security? And did Tom Brady ever consider signing a contract? Or in other words, would he then be under contract and not able to join as an emergency quarterback for a contender? Okay, that's those are two questions here. Let me take uh, the first one first. Do I think that Todd Bowles has more job security, sort of like two more years since there's a bigger cap hit and he doesn't have much money for free agents? The answer to that is no, I don't. Um, I think this was going to be an inevitability, and it was either, uh, you know, had Brady retired, then Todd Bowles might have been handed this team I think that at that point, you know, Bruce Arians had said that if, if Brady did come, didn't come back, that he was going to coach them with Kyle Trask, with Blaine Gabbard, all those guys, then hand it off. He didn't want this team that Todd Bowles is about to coach to be the first team that he would coach for the Bucks. And and when Brady came back, that's instant for him in his mind. Here Here's an opportunity to, to maybe win a Super Bowl, certainly be a playoff contender. And they did some of those things. They won the NFC South, albeit with just eight wins. Um, they got blown out in the wild card game. And then Tom Brady retired again. So the bill was always going to come due. And I, I think that uh, even Todd Bowles recognized this. He wasn't able to hire any coaches. So, you know, this is his opportunity to go out now and, and bring in some of his own staff, change the offensive philosophy around a little bit. Um, but I don't think that, you know, this is a what have you done for me lately league, right? And um, even though you would like to to think that winning an NFC title and NFC South title would, would buy you some grace time. 
you did it with Tom Brady. And so now it's it's not going to be that situation, but the, the division is still up for grabs. I think like any coach in this league, you, you have to win to, to stay in it. And we've seen the Glazers become impatient. We've seen them fire coaches after two years. They went on a run there where they were firing a coach every two years, right? Whether um, it was three years with Raheem Morris, but it was two years with Greg Ciano, two years with Lovey Smith. Uh, I want to say three years with Dirk Cutter. So um, I don't think there's any sort of, you know, handshake agreement that, oh, okay, we knew that you were going to get stuck with this bill, so we're not going to count this year against you. That's hard to do. And don't forget this, that Todd Bowles also has had four losing seasons in five years as a head coach uh, when you're talking about records. And that's not in your, you know, sort of um, money in the bank for you either. Uh, it's And he's had, I think this would be his now his fourth coordinator in five years on offense. So there's a lot of negatives there. I think the, the only thing Todd Bowles can do is, is win. Uh, and that's what coaches are here for. It's a bottom line business. So uh, my answer to that is no, I don't think he gets a grace year because the salary cap is, is not good. Um, the other question was what, Steve? There's a, there's a two-parter. Yeah, the second part was, did Brady ever consider signing a contract? Or would that have made him now not able to join another team as an emergency quarterback if he decided to, say, midseason go somewhere? Yeah, no, he could have done some things with his contract that could have helped the Bucks, uh restructured it a little bit. He could have, uh, they could have made it so that, you know, he didn't um, retire or, uh, you know, until after, effective after June 1st, which would have allowed them to spread out some of the salary cap hits. They would have taken on 11 million this year, 24 million in 2024. He chose for whatever reason not to do that. It's kind of a passive aggressive move on his part because, it really wouldn't have cost him anything. I mean, there are perhaps, and, and there's some debate about this, like his reasons for submitting his papers at all. Um, it's it's sort of ceremonial as much as anything, but there might be some marketing agreements that he can begin to sever ties with the NFL and NFL properties if he wants to take you know some of his marketing deals uh, you know private uh, and 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 not share those with the NFLPA or the NFL. Uh, but beyond that, um, he really didn't help them out. And maybe the Bucks are okay with that. Maybe they agreed that, hey, it's better just to pay the bills now. And Maybe they asked the, him to do the sh- that. Was that they, maybe, well, I mean, maybe, maybe they said we'd rather take the full cap hit this year. Yeah. I, I didn't get that sense just in talking to people close to Brady. Okay. I, I'm, in fact, some of them said, hey, take it easy on Jason Light. And it's like, well, it's really not Jason's call. Like, yeah, but, you know, like he's going to get kind of buried for, you know, for the salary cap situation and for Brady dumping 35 million on him. And that's maybe not great for this year. Um, I, I don't know that it was a choice. I, I, I kind of think Brady just made this decision uh, and told them that's what he was going to do. And I, I don't know that they were, you know, bent out of shape about it. I mean, certainly they could use the money this year because you know, there's, it's such an enormous number, $35 million. Um, if you could spread that out over two years, you would think that would help you in both seasons, right? It'd help you this year, retain some free agents, help you next year, uh, but they decided to go a different route, and you know that's uh, that's just what they did. All right, Carl asks: Does Tom Brady's departure help or hurt Mike Evans's Hall of Fame chances? Um, I don't think it helps it, right? But I also don't think it hurts it. And let me explain by that. First of all, you're not helped when you lose the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, a guy that completes sixty-five percent of his passes a guy that has thrown for 15,000 yards in three years. I mean, think about that. 
though that that fifteen thousand yards had to be distributed to somebody, and Mike Evans was a big beneficiary of that. And not only did he catch a lot of passes and and have over a thousand yards all all three seasons that Tom was here, um, but he caught a lot of touchdown passes. Not so many net last year, which was kind of an anomaly. Uh, but he had I think he had one year where he had like fourteen touchdown catches. So that also goes on his on his resume. Uh, and you know the great thing about Tom is his accuracy. You know, he never put receivers in harm's way. Uh, and I hate to say it, but I re- I've seen, you know, Mike play with other quarterbacks who absolutely threw him into trouble, you know, got him destroyed a few times. So I think the trust that he built with Brady, the rapport, um, and, and more than anything, the fact that he was able to participate finally in postseason games and win a Super Bowl, um, you know, that there's no way you could say that, you know, that he's better off without Tom Brady. Now, um, as far as his Hall of Fame career goes. Now, um, while it won't be as good this year and he's in his 10th season, he still has found a way to get 1,000 yards with whether it was, you know, Josh McCown or, you know, whoever is back there. He, he's been able to, you know, to catch enough passes and, and, and you know, have 1,000 yards every year. I think he'll do it again. I think he'll find a way. And he's compiled almost the Hall of Fame, you know, resume now. If you could do it for ten seasons in a row with a thousand yards or more, um, no one's ever done that. Obviously, no one's no one's done more than than um, than seven seasons. So he can just kind of build onto it. So I, I think most of his work uh, for that purpose is kind of behind him. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a multi-time uh, Pro Bowler, um, and he's done something that's not been done in the history of the NFL. You're talking about over a hundred years that they've played this game uh, in the National Football League. So I don't think, I don't think it's going to hurt him, but I, but I think we'd be naive to think that, it, that, it, that he could have been helped more uh, by another year of Brady, simply because even at 45, soon to be 46, next August, Brady can still go out there and sling it, right? He, he could still go out there and throw for 4,500, 5,000 yards, uh, 25, 28, 30 touchdowns or more, and and Mike would be on the other end of many of those. So uh, I feel for guys like Mike because more than his numbers, and, and listen, he's well aware, keenly aware of his numbers, and his goal is to be a Hall of Famer one day. But more than that, what Mike has always enjoyed is winning, and he sacrificed a lot of stats throughout the years. I mean, he was a guy that was welcoming Antonio Brown and welcoming Rob Gronkowski, guys that he knew were going to take lots of targets away from him, you know, and he was fine with that because he wanted to win. And, and Mike's a winner above everything else. That's really what he's about. That's why he competes so hard. So I feel for him because it's, it's probably not very likely that in his tenth year he's going to go out there, lay it on the line, put his body on the line, and they're not going to—they're not probably going to win enough games to make the postseason. Now, you don't give up. You don't—you can't really say that because look at how it played out last year. Nobody even—you know—this division was won with eight wins. You telling me they couldn't get eight wins next year? I don't even know who the quarterback is, and I can tell you there's a possibility they could do that. So, you know. It's not all his loss, but uh, it's not going to be the same, right? Nothing, not his his best years with the best quarterback of all time are gone, are behind him, and so from that standpoint, uh, it doesn't help him. But I also don't think that you know no one's going to detract from what he's already done. He's already put it on on record there. He's already got the resume. Uh, he can only add to it from here. All right, Uncle had tweeted us. He says, it's pretty impressive that we've won two Super Bowls without a franchise quarterback that we drafted ourselves. I would like that trend to end someday. 
Well, it, I mean, it is amazing. It would have you would think it would end, um, and, and we're talking about in the history of the franchise. You know, there's really not been many guys. I guess you would say Brady, um, but there hasn't been many guys, if any guys, certainly that they've drafted that made it to a second contract. You know, like that's that's always been the thing, and it's not it's not for a like of trying. I mean, we know what happened back in the day with Doug Williams, and we know what has happened with Trent Dilfer and what has happened with uh, Jameis Winston and Josh Freeman. And, you know, there's been a lot of first-round quarterbacks that they drafted, try to develop, Benny Testaverde, who for whatever reason in Tampa, Steve Young, did not blossom the way they either blossomed when they left here or or at all. And that's an amazing record of <laughs> of uh, the inability to develop, to draft and develop a quarterback. Now, Yes, the the two Super Bowls they won, uh, they did it with free agents. Brad Johnson had played a number of years in Minnesota, played a number of years in Washington, came here at the right time with a great defense. John Gruden brought in some pretty good receivers. They had Keyshawn Johnson, brought in McKeon and McCardell, Michael Pittman at running back. Uh, they weren't dynamic by any means, but with that defense, they were able to do enough that he could win a, he could win a uh, a Super Bowl. And of course, Brady uh, was twenty years in New England before he got here. So at some point. You want to be the team that drafts a Josh Allen's that that drafts uh, a Patrick Mahomes that that you know drafts one of these young guys that then become a guy you know Joe Burrow right. The problem is typically those guys are pretty high draft picks. Like you know, I mean, I guess Allen wasn't didn't didn't go you know in the in, actually the Bucks passed over Allen I believe or traded maybe they traded with Buffalo. Uh, because they didn't feel like they needed a quarterback. They had Winston. But there were, you know, most of those guys we're talking about go pretty high, and the Bucs are picking 19th overall. That doesn't mean that they can't find uh, a franchise quarterback at number 19 if they chose to go that route. Uh, But I'm with you. I I think that for sustained success, you want to have sustained success, um, the, the best avenue is still to draft and develop. The problem is, so few of those guys work out, and, and the reason they don't is much like Winston, um, and there's other reasons with Winston that it didn't work out, but you're going to the worst football team in the league, and there's a reason why they're in that range to draft you is because they're no damn good. And so you come in, and, and you have kind of a savior complex, and everybody's looking at you as, oh, that's the guy that's going to turn it all around, and it doesn't work. You know that that's, that was the beauty of Mahomes is he goes to Kansas City, who moved up to take him in the middle of the first round or so, and he didn't have to play right away. They had Alex Smith. They were good at quarterback, and they had the luxury of sitting him. I think he played in one game as a rookie. And, you know, the guys that a lot of times it's it's not necessarily the quarterback. It's sort of like where do they go? And sometimes you're better off being drafted later in the first round to go to a better team. Jalen Hurts, uh, when he went to Philadelphia, he wasn't counted on to start right away. They had Carson Wentz, and they took him later in the second round and or in the first round. Um, but he went to a really, you know, a, a football team that had won a Super Bowl and, and they, they were, you know, trying to reload and, um, uh, and, and get back there. And, you know, he ended up being a big reason why they did it, but he didn't have to play right away. So a lot of it is sort of where you go, what time, what kind of teams around you, but I'm with you. Like there's going to come a point where to have sustained success, you're going to have to draft and develop a quarterback or you steal one. And, 
those guys don't just get out there. Like Derek Carr's in his 30s. I think Derek Carr's going to do very, very well wherever he goes. I, I love Derek Carr. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think Oakland is a dysfunctional organization that, for whatever reason, you know, could not put enough pieces around him to, to sustain success. Um, Kirk Cousins has done very well in Minnesota, but they haven't gotten over the hump. They haven't made it back, you know, made it to a Super Bowl. There are guys that do go and have second acts some places, and, and that may still happen with Carr and others, and, and we saw it with Brady, obviously. So you can, you can sometimes get those guys, but the best way, uh, the teams that are going to be around, that you're going to keep talking about, the Trevor Lawrences, or you're going to keep talking about those guys, those are the guys you draft and develop. And, and unfortunately, many of them, 50% of them, maybe more, uh, never really reached their potential. And some of that is just because they went to bad football teams, had a lot of coaches, a lot of change. Um, but for whatever the reason, they don't make it. And, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot no matter who you take. But I would just always continue to try to identify the guys in the draft at quarterback. And, you know, we were even looking at San Francisco last year. They got the last guy in the draft and Mr. Irrelevant. And Brock Purdy, had he not gotten hurt, I mean, he turns out he won seven games in a row. And he might be a dude. He might be their starter if he comes through this surgery. And I don't know if he's going to miss the season or be ready at the start of the season. But um, and we'll see if he can have sustained success. But still, you know, you gotta you gotta draft and develop these guys. But unfortunately, to get really good ones, um, you have to be a pretty bad football team to to be in that range. All right, George tweeted us. He said last week Cam Jordan said that the Bucks will go back to being the Bucks without the goat. I guess he doesn't remember the brown bags and the ain'ts. Got me thinking, though. Who is the best NFC South franchise? So rank the NFC South division in order from greatest to the worst of all-time franchises. He cites an example in the AFC North. He would go Steelers 1, Ravens 2, Bengals 3, Browns 4. Well, it's a great question. Um, I would say this about Cam Jordan. Uh, I don't remember them winning the last two NFC South titles when they didn't have Drew Brees, right? So, you know, it's until the Saints can find a way to win with another quarterback not named Drew Brees, then he's kind of what they've always been, right? The Saints are kind of what they've always been. The key is the quarterback. We all know this, right? Um, And, you know, as far as, you know, sort of ranking them, best to worst is this this over the – look, over the NFC South, there's, there's been a lot of teams that have won the division, right? But the goal is to win the Super Bowl. Right. So let's just look at this. Um, since they started the NFC South in 2000, okay, all those teams have been to a Super Bowl, right? Atlanta's been there. Uh, the Saints have been there. They won one, um, Carolina, et cetera. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, the Saints have one Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. Carolina has zero, but went to a Super Bowl. Mm hmm. Uh, Atlanta has zero, but went to a Super Bowl and got beat by Brady with 28-3 lead that they blew. And the Bucks have two. So if we're talking about the goal, right, is to win championships, to win Super Bowl rings, then the scoreboard since 2000 says the Bucks are the best. Now, if you're going to add up division titles or playoff appearances, it's probably going to be a different team. It's probably going to be the Saints, right? And so... From that standpoint, it all depends on, you know, we're looking at overall record. Are we looking at division titles? Are we looking at – for a while there, they were all handing it back and forth anyway. You know, it was like one year is Carolina, one year is Atlanta, one year. 
Um, it's been, and, and then the Saints went on their run. So the Saints um, have won seven. The Bucks, division titles? Yeah, division titles. The Bucks and Panthers, five. The Falcons, four. So it's very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Saints have it by a slim margin. But, again, the goal, right? You start every season saying, what? We want to win a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay has two. Saints have one. Carolina, zero. Atlanta, zero. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we'll switch gears, and we're going to do some more mailbag questions tomorrow as well to wrap up the week. But Tommy had tweeted in. He says, Rick, since it's the Rays' 25th season coming up, what is your favorite Rays moment in team history? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, they didn't win. There's, I got a couple of them, and I wasn't there for. I, I think the. I think one of the greatest iconic moments I think for the Rays um, was was obviously winning. What was it? Game seven in the American League Championship Series when they went to the first World Series in '08. Um, yeah, over the Red Sox. It, over the Red Sox. To, to me, and I had gone to a game in that series that they came back and won. And I remember we were, uh, the Bucks played the Seattle Seahawks on a Sunday night football game. I think it was Sunday night, Sunday or Monday night. It was an, it was a national, it was a nationally tele, it was a late game. It was a night game. So it had to be on national TV. And I just remember the game was over. The Bucks had won. And, you know, like <laughs> the few, the, I, there was, they had a decent crowd at Raymond James. I want to say in probably in the 40 range, 45, 50,000 range. Cause not everybody that could go to the trap, obviously, but you'd hear this eruption of, of crowd noise and it didn't make sense with what was going on on the football field. Right. And then you'd look up and you say, Oh wow, the Rays just scored a run or whatever. Um, but the game was over and I, we went in and at that time they didn't have the new locker room at Raymond James yet. We went into the old cramp locker room, but there's a couple TVs, uh, and not good ones, but just a couple TVs anchored up on the, on the pillars and the walls there. And the whole team, like we're on deadline, like it's a night game. I need to talk to guys, right? No one wants to talk. And frankly, we didn't either because they're in the bottom of the ninth inning, right? And was it David Price is on the mound, I think. At that time, he was a rookie, came in in relief. Uh, and he gets the ground ball to, to uh, the second baseman, you know, who steps on the bag and the game ends. And that lock, that that clubhouse, that locker room, you'd call it in football, erupted. It was, it was really cool seeing it from their perspective, right? Uh, and then, of course, you know, I wasn't at the trap. Um, but that's that's the that's the highlight, right, of the of the franchise history. Uh, I wasn't there for Longoria's, you know, two home run game against the Yankees, you know, game one sixty five or whatever they call it, uh, one sixty two or whatever they call it. Um, let me think. For me, yeah, those those would be the ones that stand out. My um, my favorite moment. It, it didn't. They didn't win this series. Yeah, but as far as being there, and I wasn't, I wasn't here in '08, so I wasn't in Tampa yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the relay out from Kiermaier to Adamas to Darno. 
I was going to say that. That, that was on my now. list, too. Uh, and I, yes. I was at that game. and that was, I was at that game, too. That, that probably, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, that had to be the loudest I think I've ever heard the Trop, including World Series games. Well, for me, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't here in 08. So. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was everything in that game because Houston, Tampa Bay had won big game three to make it two to one. That's, yep. They were up at that point, but it sure felt like Houston was grabbing momentum right there. That's right. And if, if they right. didn't make that out, I think Houston goes on to take the lead that inning. I agree. And, I agree. And, and after that, you knew the game was over. Like that was mm-hmm. the that was a extremely pivotal moment in a game. Yes. And you know, I was I was actually working it with Andy and Dave in the booth, and you could just see when Kiermaier made that first throw, you're like, they got a shot. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't think they did at first. Two and, perfect and, relay throws, and Adamas I mean, made the most beautiful turn of a relay <laughs> what a throw. Yeah, I mean, just beautiful. And the way he got rid of it, Steve, that was the mm-hmm. key, right? Like, he took no time in, in pivoting, catching the ball with his back to the outfield, mm-hmm. and in one motion pivoted and made a perfect strike to home. It was – it was, and Altuve, as he slid in, was like, uh, no shot. What? I mean, like, it was like, how did – I mean, you could just tell he was like, I mean, buzzer and all or whatever he had on, who knows, but going, <laughs> you know, what the heck happened there? Well, and that's the thing. Altuve is a fast dude. Like mm-hmm. they, this wasn't like they didn't they didn't get some DH that was chugging around third base. Now, you know this guy was he was bringing it, and and to throw him out on a on a on a ball that's that they're picking up off the center field wall. I'm with you. That was that had that was a goosebump moment. And I was with my son and his girlfriend. They had the yellow towels out. Remember, mm-hmm. um, that was a, that was a hell of a moment. That I that's a great one. That's a, that's that's definitely right up there with my and favorites. It, was, it sure. was just so ex- it's too bad they didn't win that series. It, well, then they started beating on you know drums or whatever. Yeah. I think the first six guys that that faced the Rays, the pitcher, whoever well, it was, last night was tipping his pitches. I mean, he was tipping it. I mean, yeah, they came out after the game. Yeah, I was tipping it. I mean, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, and they may have had the buzzers too, but he was also tipping. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a great moment for sure. One of the greatest Kiermaier highlights ever. All right, thanks for your questions. We got more we'll get to uh, early next week. You can always send them to us uh, at NFL Stroud, my uh, Twitter address, or our Twitter address is at Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can send them to me. My email is rstroud at tampabay.com. Big weekend. The Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, are in Las Vegas, winding up their West Coast trip. And we've got racing at Daytona 500, boogity, boogity, boogity over the weekend. So that'll be fun to look forward to as well. Keep your it first week, for, First weekend without football since what, August? It feels like <laughs> since forever. I mean, look, this season, the funny thing about the NFL is like, yeah, it was, it was August when they first started playing preseason games, July when they went to camp. And we ran through the postseason, the wild card, and, of course, now we've had the Super Bowl and everything. And the Bucks just hired an offensive coordinator this week, and they still have more coaches to add. And then the combine is coming up, uh, really at the end of this month, and the early uh, first couple of days of March. And and then after that, it's free agency in the middle of March, about the thirteenth through the fifteenth, the the signing period. Then you go straight from that to the draft uh, later uh, in April or early early May. I mean, this thing, the train never stops, and and that's that's the thing about the NFL is like. You know, we will get to mid-June before you know it, and then there'll be a couple weeks off, and then boom, we're back at it. But it's it is weird. There are some spring leagues starting, USFL, um, some others, but 
Yeah, it's different. Oh, and I think Aaron Rodgers is on his darkness retreat this weekend. So, you know, we may know more about his, his future. We didn't talk about that, man. It's so weird what he's doing. It, it, I They were asking him questions like, I can't repeat, but Pat McAfee was really getting into the weeds a little bit. Some gross stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, apparently somebody he said something like, oh, well, I'm able to film myself. I was like, well, it's total pitch darkness. Like, what are you going to see? Um, but he gets his food, you know, through a, through a little tray or something like that. It's just really weird. Like, you can have water. He, he, they were asking him, do you take showers? And no, it's a bath. <laughs> you know, just just different stuff, man. Who knows what his opinion will be on his life, on his career, on his future when he comes out of the dark. Uh, but hello, darkness, my old friend. And uh, Aaron Rodgers will be, uh, will be in there for a few days. It's going to be fascinating whether he wants to be a Jet whether he wants to play anywhere back in Green Bay, or is he going? You know, is he going to retire? Like we don't know, but uh, we're all in the dark with him until he gets out into the light. So, should be fun. Anyway, thanks for listening for Steve Burstick, Gumwick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.